The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So this is the second talk now on mindfulness of thinking. And um, one of the principles of mindfulness vipassana practice in relationship to thinking is that we switch (coughs) from focusing on the content of thought to the process of thinking, to the activity of thinking, to what the experience of thinking is actually like for us. And a kind of an exercise that, (coughs) at least an example or an exercise that can maybe help with this, is if you think in words, to imagine that... um, the words are being spoken in a language that you don't know. So you have no idea of what's being said. <clears throat> but you're very interested. And so you tune in to um, the emotion, the tone, the emotional quality of the voice, <clears throat> the speed of the voice, the calmness of the voice, the agitation of the voice. <clears throat> it's all these other things you start paying attention to. So... Um, so to pay attention to these other aspects of thinking, and that begins filling out the picture of what a thought is, what thinking is. turns out that thinking is a composite, and it's made up of many different elements. And that's especially true if the thinking is strong. And uh, one of the very useful mindfulness exercises is to pay careful attention to your thinking in everyday life. Take, take, it doesn't that mean like all the time, But for example, if you find yourself really frustrated with something, if your technological device is not cooperating in the proper way, then, um, uh, and you feel frustrated, then look at the quality, the process of your thinking. Is your thinking now contracted? Is it forceful? Is it even aggressive? Is it sinking is it getting kind of dull and is it giving up what are all the what are the way, what qualities come along with the thinking annoyance if uh, uh, you get a very nice message from someone and it just really makes your day what's the what's the thinking like then what's the quality of thinking the characteristics of thinking what happens then so when kind of big things happen if you're trying to really solve a difficult problem um, maybe it's important to solve it. Maybe uh, you have a flat tire and you have to get someplace and and you're not quite sure how the jack works and to jack up the car and you're trying to figure it out. Something that's really, you know, what are you really trying to figure something out? Take maybe, you know, 15 seconds to look and see what's the quality of your thinking then. And, and then start going through a, a kind of a little bit of a checklist of the different things you can notice about thinking. So one of them is, what is the physical sensations that come along with that thinking? Is the forehead all furrowed up? Are the eyes kind of tightened and, and fixated? Those are all kind of physical sensations of tension or tautness or contraction. Have the shoulders gone up higher than they usually are? Is the belly contracted? 
there's all these places in the body that might somehow, I, I think of sometimes like there's just tentacles from the thinking mind that reaches down into our muscles, are tugging all the different muscles in different, different ways at different times. So what are the muscles that are being tugged on uh, with this kind of thinking that we have? And uh, is, it, is the thinking right now more in images or is it more in words? If you're problem solving, is it more in words than in images? Uh, if you're having a fantasy, is it more in images than it is in words? So kind of, kind of to look and see how does it work for you? What's happening? And so, and then is there a location for where the thinking occurs? Is there a place where the loudspeaker uh, is blasting out the thoughts? Is, it a, is there a projection screen kind of where the, th- the images are projected or a stage upon which they're, 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 they're set? And, um, <coughs> and, um, and what happens if you simply locate the location of thinking? There's a way that for some of us that thinking can be so compelling that, um, and we're so in it that it just seems like it's just the nature of reality. It's just like the thinking is what is really the main game, main show, what's going on. We're, we're seeing everything through our thinking or with our thinking. Maybe we don't even see the world outside in, in really, but you just, we're, really, we're really seeing our ideas, our concepts, our judgments, what's going on. And it doesn't have a location, it just is. It just kind of wafts and spreads and just, it's just there. And never any thought about a location. But if you notice the location of thinking and you see that it's actually only a small piece of who you are, a small piece of, you know, all the fullness of the body and the emotional life, the mental life, it's only a small piece. Does that shift your relationship to it? Sometimes I get the sense in me that I take my thinking to be the be all and end all, and that's it. And like you know, and it kind of fills my universe. And other times, it's just like a little seed or a kernel that has a place, has a role. But there's something else which is bigger. My sense of presence, attention, the body, um, the heart, the feeling of love and freedom can be much more expansive and bigger than you know, the, the places of thinking. And, and to kind of begin noticing location kind of can shift our relationship to it. Maybe it puts a little question mark after thinking, like, what is this? What am I doing here? And so there's kind of a beginning to be a self-reflective kind of questioning, wondering, uh, what am I doing here with all this thinking? And is this really for, my, for the best? Is this really useful and necessary to do all this thinking? Sometimes we can notice the tone of voice, especially if we're thinking in a, in a um, you know, inner voice. And sometimes as there's images, uh, it's kind of like a, it might be mood music with a movie, or it might be somehow the coloring or the mood of the picture itself is interesting to notice. So the tone of voice, the mood that we have, and um, sometimes the tone of voice we have can change from different times. Sometimes we've internalized the tone of voice of someone else, and and uh, it's like we're, we've noticed that we're talking in the voice of a, a, you know, disciplinarian teacher that we grew up with, or a harsh parent, or something, and we somehow taken that on, um, and or if not someone else's voice, it is our own voice. But wow, that's always it's always angry, it's always kind of critical, or it's always 
you know, blaming or it's always kind of little poking at things or finding what's wrong or uh, it's harsh in there. Um, Or maybe it's withdrawn. Maybe it's pulled away and and, uh, reluctant to come out. So anyways, all kinds of things that uh, the tone of voice and and what happens to your interest in thinking, what happens to your understanding of what thinking is all about, if you expand your understanding of it beyond the content to the tone, the mood, the emotional qualities that come along with the thinking. And sometimes the emotions are really the operating thing. Sometimes I think of thinking as uh, whatever our thoughts are, are really a symptom of something deeper. And one of the reasons to get a handle on mindfulness of thinking and to really understand how to work with it is so that we can begin of discovering what the what is actually deeper. What's the if the thinking is a signpost, it's pointing to something deeper, fuller, much more important for us than the content of our thoughts. And one of those things is in fact the emotions. Uh, em- emotions, I think, can can for some people play extremely important role in their lives, much more than some people realize. And and also, uh, when we can start feeling our emotions better, that's also coterminous. That's also the same environment in which we can experience liberation and freedom. There's something about the embodied feeling of emotions that enables or supports the uh, embodied feeling of ease, of peace, and liberation. So one of the things when thinking is strong is uh, or repetitive is to s- kind of take another look at uh, the process of thinking and notice what the emotionality might be. Uh, as I often say that um, often planning is underlied by anxiety. And maybe it's our anxiety that really needs our attention. That's the thing that needs to be settled and and supported and helped feel safe so the anxiety can relax. Um, or maybe it's anger. And anger is also a very important messenger. And the, maybe the message is, hey, this needs attention now. This needs care. Anger is often a sign of being hurt. And hurt needs our love and care and tenderness and tending to. So this idea of uh, not getting mesmerized by thoughts, but rather to see them as messengers, and even if they're unsavory kind of thinking, maybe they're they're even more important messengers for something that's going on deep inside. It's uh, it's like we're going into 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 home, into the source, into what really makes us tick and operate that we can't if we just stay on the surface just thinking and trying to understand things and trying to plan things and analyze things. But to what's underneath that and could drop in, drop in, drop in. What's here? And um, and then also it's possible to, in the process of thinking to notice something about whether the thinking is fast or slow. Do you have any punctuation marks if you think <laughs> you're thinking? Is there any, um, you, know, uh, you know, intermission in the stage that's playing all the scenes? Um, maybe you can slow things down. Maybe it's possible to, um, maybe it feels better 
to relax or soften uh, or slow down the thinking. And this is where the analogy I gave at the beginning of the meditation comes into play. That, um, you know, it takes a while maybe to realize that a shoe doesn't fit. A shoe might get us where we want to go, but it still doesn't fit and it maybe causes blisters and all kinds of things. Um, Same thing with our thinking. Um, We might be thinking about things that are useful even, but uh, the way we're thinking is a bad fit. We're causing blisters in the mind, stress in the mind uh, to think this way and incessantly. There's no requirement to be constantly, continuously thinking. There's no manual about a human being. There's no law book that says thou shalt always be thinking because only then can you be a successful person, a safe person, a you know, responsible person or whatever it might be. There's no, no need. It's possible to slow it down. It's possible to have intermission. It's possible to have punctuations. And so there's a little space before the next paragraph is, is spoken. Just uh, take your time. It's one of the great and wonderful things about learning mindfulness of thinking is to learn how to think in a way that is satisfying and meaningful and maybe even nurturing and supportive. And you enjoy thinking, but not the enjoyment that we get addicted to it, but the enjoyment that comes from um, just having lots of space and peace and ease with our thoughts. And and sometimes we could, it can be take it or leave it. And in deep meditation, sometimes we realize in deep meditation because we're so familiar with um, the process of thinking, the activity of thinking, and all the aspects of it, it becomes really obvious and as meditation gets calmer and more settled that we have a lot better things to do than to be thinking. It's actually thinking limits us and if we can let the thinking go, quieter, let it recede, and we focus on what is much more meaningful, much more life-enhancing, much more liberating in the focus, concentrated meditation practice. Okay, so uh, thank you. And uh, to the degree to which I've given you things to think about, um, maybe take some time today to think a little bit and about this and do the exercise I suggested, which is through the course of the day, uh, stop in in different kind of moments when things are kind of intense or significant. Take a moment or two to stop and look at the activity, the quality, the process of your thinking at that time. And and kind of maybe even keep a log and notice how it changes over time and changes over different emotions and activities. Um, Become a connoisseur, an expert on what this process of thinking is like, you'll find it very beneficial to do so. Thank you.